Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by my colleague Petra Puskarova, our expert on European issues, our European Energy Risk Manager, to have a look at the European energy markets and see what's been happening. Well, of course, Petra, we're at the tail end of the spring season, looking forward into summer. What does the outlook seem at the moment? Outlook seems to be pretty supportive to neutral when it comes to gas prices into the summer. Of course, we are aware that the European gas storage facilities are currently hovering somewhere in the middle of the five years average and towards the bottom of the three years average when it comes to recent levels in those gas storage capacities. So we are aware that there will be a higher need for injection this year, which is providing some support to European gas prices at the moment. The good news is that following some supply interruptions earlier in the first quarter of the year and some further supply interruptions due to weather conditions in Texas, we are seeing another return of LNG into Europe. And the expectations are that if we are going to see some surplus of LNG, especially at the end of Q2 and into Q3 in Europe, this surplus of LNG should be able to cover up for the excess gas that will be needed this summer to fill those gas storage capacities again. It's a very important point. We tend to think about gas demand being high in winter, which of course it is. But the flip side to that is the restocking of the gas storage facilities you mentioned. And of course, the parallel issue of maintenance that tends to carry on in the summer. And if there are any issues there, that can have an effect on potentially volatile markets too. But in terms of LNG, I mean, Europe's hugely important, hugely dependent, I should say, on imported LNG supplies. Are things looking reasonably positive there? I remember the last time we spoke, there was a a minor issue in the Suez Canal, now thankfully resolved, about a blockage there. But thinking of the wider perspective, is the LNG market looking quite healthy internationally? It's indeed looking quite healthy internationally. In general, LNG exports globally are raising and this year we are looking at new historical high. It is a combination of LNG developments around the world, but I can maybe pick up the commissioning of the third train in uh, Corpus Christi in uh, Texas, which is going to be adding extra capacity for U.S. exports. So based on this information, we are, of course, likely to see more LNG coming from this summer and beyond. Of course, what is always the question is whether there are going to be some cancellations, there are going to be some unexpected interruptions or maintenance. So in terms of cancellations, based on where prices are at the moment, those are unlikely and we should be getting a healthy deliveries on LNG based on the very healthy margin between U.S. gas prices and European prices and also on the fact that the price in Asia and the European uh, gas price is currently trading at around the same level, which is now causing the fact that, for example, exporters as Qatar are shifting more LNG from Southeast Asia to Europe. What there is to watch out for is, of course, end of Q2 or beginning of Q3, when there is a likelihood of higher demand in Southeast Asia due to the cooling season, when we could see price increase, that would then again cause that some exporters would turn their cargoes from Europe to Southeast Asia, where the price will be more favorable. We cannot also forget, and we saw it last year, especially in September, 
hurricane season last year has been longer than previous years and caused more supply interruptions, especially in the Gulf of Mexico. So if there are some periods when we could see some interruptions and then negative impact on prices, that would be around the summertime and into September. That's interesting and a very good point about the seasonality of demand for the cooling season in other parts of the world. It's very easy to take a a European-centric view about this and of course the demand for gas elsewhere in an increasingly global market can peak at different times. But turning now to power and particularly looking at buying ahead, what are things looking like there and when does the peak buying activity in Europe tend to take place? The peak uh, buying season in Europe tends to occur around September following uh, holiday seasons in August when we do see quite a lot of producers and manufacturers shutting down their production plants in some countries for even most of August. So if we were to see some increase in buying activity, especially for the frontier, I would say that we would observe that in September. There are some risks, of course, with keeping those contracts into September. We know from experience and from last year's that especially August, tends to be quite volatile on the back of carbon because, again, due to holiday season, there is a limited or lower amount of auctions available, which then opens more space for carbon volatility during this month in particular. What tends to also happen quite common is that we will see some doubts or some unfortunate information around uh, capacity in France into Q4 and the possibilities that the capacity will be lower than estimated, which then again adds further bullish sentiment to prices. In my opinion, this year, if there will be some downsides or if we could see some beneficial opportunities to secure some European power prices, would be by the end of this month or into very early summer. Well, that's certainly something for energy consumers to watch out for. And turning to a a related subject, a rather more problematic one, we've all seen the news about the concerns about military build-up on the borders of Ukraine and so on. And in the past, when there's been political tensions there, particularly in relation to Russia, there have been concerns about the security of gas supplies transiting through Ukraine to Western Europe. What's your reading of the situation? Not so much the politics, but the the security of gas supplies. Uh, It's not the only route for getting Russian pipeline gas into Europe, of course, um, in in addition to LNG. So how is the outlook there? Uh, The outlook at the moment seems to be quite neutral. We are looking at gas flows via Ukraine being lower comparing to last year. But this is something that has been forecasted and scheduled and we knew about this decrease previously. The decrease is based on the fact that Nord Stream 2, despite all the sanctions, is likely to be commissioned in Q421. So there will be additional gas supply into Europe guarantee. What is, of course, now causing some risk or some issues is that if the geopolitical situation worsens and potentially further sanctions will be imposed on Nord Stream 2 and the completion will be delayed, or if the geopolitical situation improved to such an extent that the transit via Ukraine would drop even further. In that situation, we might find ourselves in the situation when there is not enough gas coming into Europe, as the Nord Stream 2 pipeline will not be in place yet. 
and I'm not sure whether it's easy to put figures on this, but if that were to happen, clearly there would be a, an impact in prices, to put it mildly. But in terms of physical security, uh, Europe can get more gas in via LNG. Uh, would that be sufficient to meet demand, uh, providing the price was high enough? I don't think it would, but there are more ways. While we have been awaiting or monitoring the situation around Nord Stream 2, that seems to be a headline. During 2020 and into 21, there was another pipeline that has been actually commissioned and it's already running at full capacity, and that's Turk Stream, but it's operating at capacity at around 35 BCM. Half of that capacity is for Turkey, so for the Turkish domestic uh, market mainly, and the rest goes through the interconnector into Southeast Europe, and it's already currently supplying countries as Bulgaria, Serbia, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Romania. So to some extent, Ukraine is already being bypassed and there is security in gas flows. Of course, to get that gas further into Europe, there would have to be further development completed. On the other hand, as you very correctly mentioned, there is LNG. And we tend to be turning more and more towards LNG. There is, of course, increased supply and there is also increased demand. What is a little bit worrying about LNG is, first of all, it's a market on its own and it will always turn where the price is higher. And the second issue is that even if we were to adapt the, all the global LNG production, it only accounts for around 55 BCM, comparing to nearly 200 BCM that is Europe's demand for Russian gas per year. That's a very sobering statistic. And of course, dependence on that gas has actually been rather good from an environmental point of view. It's helped to uh, switch away from coal in power generation and, uh, and facilitate um, intermittent renewables backed up by gas. And I guess there's some scope there for demand management in power generation, so long as we can switch a little bit back to coal. Not that that's very good news for the environment. But perhaps on a or more positive note, or at least a, a more straightforward one, how are prices looking, short-term indications, and the usual factors that, that drive them, like weather and renewable production and so on? When it comes to power, it's still possible to find some value in European power prices, despite carbon just hitting new historical highs. If we were to look at spikes in power prices that we saw in 2019, especially during Q2, when carbon for the first time tested territories around 30 euros per ton, we still can find, especially few European countries where the carbon sensitivity is lower, some contracts, especially at the end of the curve, trading actually below those levels that we've observed in Q219 and where carbon was basically 15 euro cheaper to comparing to where that is. One of those countries, if I was just to pick up, would be Netherlands. So if consumers were to look at calendar 23 or calendar 24 or even beyond, there is value in the backwardation in that curve and the same contract that cost around 53 or 54 euro in Q219 is currently trading still below these levels. Of course, we've got countries where carbon sensitivity is higher. So for example, Germany. In Germany, we are looking at prices just above those peaks in 2019 in second quarter. But again, what needs to be presented or understood is that currently carbon is 15 euros more expensive. So carbon adjusted, those prices are really not that expected. 
more value of course is available at the end of the curve and if we were to look at it longer terms i would say that those contracts are currently a buy as the longer term expectation is for carbon to continue to increase and that advantage at the end of the curve could easily disappear that's a really important point. And as you say, the importance of carbon price impact on the power market shouldn't be underestimated. And we might have a common carbon price across Europe, but its impact on the national markets will be different. Well, thank you, Petra, for all that very useful and interesting information. I look forward to catching up with you about European market developments in a fortnight's time. In the meantime, I hope you found that as interesting as I did. And do have a look at our website, Alpha Energy Group dot com forward slash uk have a look at our reports there and join us again for a podcast soon